now dumb for having Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 45, a special bonus issue of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast this week. Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who've known each other for a million years, who get together most weekdays in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon. My name is Grant, and with me is Scotty. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is a really special day. Uh, we One person that we really admire and have loved for years is, is Mark Harvey. We've been trying to get him on for a couple of months now. And it's just perfect that when we discussed, me and Grant together, how are we going to do a bit of a season review wrap up? Yep. It's perfect that Mark Harvey joins us for almost 25 minutes to discuss the season and review in full. The season, well, I mean, as, as full as we can get with Mark Harvey for 25 <laughs> minutes. I mean, we could have literally named every single player front to back and the yeah. interchange and asked him for his opinion on them. But we sort of, we, we asked a, a good cross-section of questions. We did our best. Yeah, we did our best in 25 minutes. It, was, it wasn't supposed to go that long. I can give you the hot tip. Um, but we uh, we really enjoyed this chat with Harves. Um, thank you very much to, to Justin and the marketing team at Essendon for giving us access to him. Um, Harves was Harves. He gives you honest answers. He says it like it is. He says it like it is. He's giving you honest answers. And I'll tell you what, he's very positive, very positive about, um, the club. Um, especially when Scotty, uh, uh, what's the (laughs) word? Scotty, Scotty challenged, borderline insulted him. (laughs) I did not. (laughs) No, look, we wanted to be, we wanted to have a big bit of integrity ourselves because we've obviously done podcasts when we've talked about our structures and, and everything like that and, and how Richmond and are playing uh, are structured different to us. So, you know, there are questions and it, yes, it's for me, but I wanted to make sure uh, as fans and as a podcast that we had a bit of integrity and ask key questions as well. It wasn't just a gloat fest. Yeah, it wasn't just a sort of Dorothy Dix kind of... So but, tell us how the club's going, Harves. Yeah. There's, there's a few questions in there that we wanted honest answers about. And, and so, look, Harves was brilliant. So it was a, such a good chat. It leaves you just going, counting down the days to 2019. Oh, man, absolutely. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll cross over to the interview now with Harves. We just finished recording it. So um, we'll get through to that and we'll uh, see you after the interview. And we welcome Mark Harvey to the show. Uh, welcome, Mark. Good evening, fellas. Look, uh, it's we're absolutely wrapped that you could join us on on the podcast. Uh, we've been probably uh, snickly trying to get you on for a while, to be honest. We uh, have. We've been pestering Mr. Rodsky a fair bit. So uh, yeah, please excuse our pestering. Uh, but we 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 love hearing you talk. Love hearing you talk about the game. So even with the with the coaches of you after the games, um, I actually just love the way you, you speak about the game, the, your passion about the game, and we thought it'd be great to have you on just to, to discuss, I guess, how Essendon has done this year in 2018, which uh, I've been noticing in the media, there seems to be about three or four different kind of views. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we both, we're, sort of, we're both looking at the first half and then we're looking at the second half, and we, we it's it's glass half full for me and it's glass half full for Scotty. Um, but it's we just wanted to know what the how the club sees it and how how you as one of the coaches um, see the season. So I guess if we start off with that question, just in a in a general sense, I mean, apart from the obvious, how how is how has Mark Harvey seen it from a point of view, and then how does the club overall see um, see the the season twenty eighteen? Well, our season's been well documented. Uh, we put ourselves in an unfortunate uh, area early on in the season. Uh, therefore, we were playing catch-up football for, since about round eight, round nine onwards. Um, we had to re-establish some things we were doing. 
Uh, we finished up winning 12 games. That's the amount of wins that we had last year, which made the finals. Now, yep. if you have a look at the end result here, there was four teams that finished on 12 wins that didn't make the finals. So, therefore, teams down the bottom of the ladder this year haven't been as competitive as they were last year. So, yeah. Uh, that was always we're always going to fight that scoreboard when you're two and two and six after eight rounds. Um, uh, I thought we did a sensational job after that. Um, as I said, we we retinkered with a few things in our game style. Uh, there was a bit more collaboration about uh, and clarity about what we needed to do. And from that moment on, uh, we won ten out of fourteen games and. Uh, we won five of those were on the road, which was extraordinary. That's incredible. In- extraordinary. And some of those were big teams, uh, you know, a GWS as an example. West Coast at West Coast. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, and even just recently beating Port Power, who were sort of in the top four six weeks ago. So we really got our act together. Um, we've seen some emergence of some of our younger players that we've been waiting for that have been around the club for two, three, four years. Yep. Uh, Langford and the like, um, and, and a young kid in his first year called Guelphie, who I've been very impressed with, um, just shows good maturity. And on top of that, you saw the, the three players that we recruited from last year from other clubs, Smith, Side, and Stringer, uh, really, I think most of them played nearly every game, um, and their performances were sensational, and they really grabbed hold of the way we wanted them to play. So... Um, yeah, I, I think we've got a hell of a lot to look forward to. We'll be heavily involved in the trade and, and the draft, and and hopefully we can add to what we're doing. Yeah, can, can I go back? Uh, I don't want to sort of ponder on the, the the I guess the bad start, but just how that kind of turned into a more pleasing result in the second half. Can I go back on, on this? We were discussing on the podcast earlier in the year just trying to work out what exactly was going on. And, and the couple of things that we identified, and I just want your opinion if if we're getting this wrong, but we identified that maybe our forwards were going up at the start of the year too high up the ground and, and our structures are a little bit out of whack. And, our, and maybe our, our midfield defensive pressure was putting a bit too much pressure on the defence. Uh, how do you see that kind of playing out? Yeah, look, there was a couple of areas. Um, we really ramped up our pressure. Uh, in around the contest, and um, we got a better balance inside and outside. Um, our forward line had to change significantly uh, based on Joe Danaher going out of this team. And I reckon we were, I wouldn't say experimenting with players in that area, but McKernan really evolved. Um, yeah. There were some changes in our forward line. Bagley and Brown, who were sort of, uh, ideally they were defenders, but they turned into makeshift forwards who held their own for the majority of the year once they went into our forward line. Um, unfortunately, Stewart and Green couldn't hold their position in the forward line. So there was a bit of chemistry there that took a while to actually take place with our forwards. Um, defensively, we, we sort of lost Ambrose um, pretty early in the season. Or never really had a good run at it. We lost Gleeson at the start of the year. And then, of course, we put Hooker back. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that took, took a, a massive effect on the, the just the dynamics of the way the team played. So... Um, and it was a shame because Gleeson was in really good form. Yeah, well, he did that in, in the sort of the practice game um, up in Colac against Geelong. So, unfortunately, he didn't play the year. So, But what we found is we found, uh, you know, different players who could play in those positions. Uh, I think we've, we played Ridley, Redmond, um, and just recently you've seen Francis play um, 
uh, in that area. And you see the involvement of McKenna and Sard. And along with that, you've got some key defenders in Hurley and Hooker who really took it upon themselves to and got hard to, to, to nurture the younger defenders through this season. Yep. Would, would we be right in saying that the Essendon Footy Club has learnt a lot about its list this year? Like having to, with Paddy and everybody out, um, understanding what Kyle Langford can do and understanding how good Francis can be. As as much as the second half is clearly showing us that we can match it with the best um, teams in the comp, would we be right in saying that we've really learnt a lot about the list? Yeah, and that's what happens. Uh, and, and sometimes you need to, sometimes you might think a player is going to finish up and train as a forward, as an example, and then all of a sudden, you see something else in him and he turns it to a midfielder. So um, that's the experimentation of players and the, the way that they evolve. Um, they have to be flexible these days in football. Uh, we rotated high numbers through our midfield and our forward line, which really gave us better results, particularly after halftime. If you remember, we had when we were 2-6, we had issues with our third and fourth quarters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we were able to rectify that. Um, by putting more players through our midfield area and really sharing the load. And, and that helped us enormously to the extent where we actually started to outscore teams in the third and fourth quarter. And even as young, uh, even as late as a couple of weeks ago when we played Richmond, who were the best last quarter team, we actually outscored them too. So um, you can see where some of the changes have been made and where we've improved. How important is then is the the form of David Myers this year uh, who's obviously had just a pretty cruel kind of career, to be honest, with with injury. But to have him settled and playing the footy that he did, did it did it give you uh, a different view about even the upcoming trade period? Because you've got Langford and Myers both coming through, and and at the start of the year, to be honest, the 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 narrative was that Essendon need needed big bodied midfielders. Yeah, well, we we sort of Myers, uh, he was. He had a few issues early, missed a couple of games early on the season, and then actually was able to get some consistency in uh, being able to play every week. And he's, he has got a big body. He's a really good leader, strong um, communication skills, demanding. Uh, and I reckon Langford would have benefited enormously from having him around that area. And you're right, you know, Langford, uh, even even last week we put Liberty around the ball at times too. We're just starting to see the emergence of some of our draftees uh, in year two, three and four. So now Myers is really important to the team. Um, he even started to kick goals in the midfield too as well. And at times we, he would sit on different players for the opposition for us. So um, him and Bell Chambers and, uh, you know, Heppel, um, Zaharakis and those sort of guys really led the way. Um, we could we could talk about individual players for the next sort of two or three hours, but Scotty <laughs> and I are fascinated with Matt Guelfi. Um, he's he's a he's a good looking rooster. He's come in. He seems to be That's one of the problem for us, by the way. Is it really? Um, yeah, he can get sidetracked. Oh, can he with his reflection? He, he doesn't mind what he brings to the table. No, 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 no. He's, he's, no, it could be. I'm saying. Oh, it could oh, okay. be. Oh, okay. okay. With, his ele- with his status elevation. Oh, okay. Uh, is he? Is okay. Well, we might leave that one there. Um, but we're we're fascinated with the kid. He seems to be an old head on young shoulders. He's he's come in. We've drafted him, and he's he's been playing. He's played a fair amount of footy. Um, can you just tell us his strengths? What what's really um earned him his spot in the side all these uh, this year? Uh, uh, Look, I reckon as soon as I saw him in the club, 
in December and started to see the way he trained, I saw something in that kid straight away that would suggest that uh, he, he played with maturity and he wasn't phased or fussed by anything. Yeah. Now, what you've got to remember about Wolfie was that he was 20 years of age. So he'd, he'd missed the draft, overlooked, yeah. played two two years for Claremont in, at senior uh, in the seniors over there, which really helped his involvement as a player. And typically, um, that that really uh, set up a good platform for him once he was drafted to fit into a midfield, uh, provided he had the he could make the quick decisions that were applicable to playing at AFL level. Now, just to give you an idea, even last week uh, we had him in defence um, against Port Power. And he can just go straight on to an opponent and play that role as well as playing the midfield, whether it's a wing or inside mid. Um, so he's he's been a real find. I, th- I think from memory he was pick 70 or somewhere around there. Yeah. It was late for a pick few. Oh, I can't, Absolutely yeah, pinched one. We, we did. So and, and, and they're the players that, you know, if, if our list management can find those sort of players, it really adds to the depth of what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Look, uh, I just want to talk about Adam Saad, who's obviously down in, in your uh, end of the world as well, as far as coaching. I'm just interested in in a situation like Port, um, where I, I don't know if it's your call or the senior call decides to ho- have more of a lockdown role on Gray. Is that is that I find that really added flexibility to Sard's game that he's not just the run and gun, but uh, he he really shut down probably the most important player on the game in the game, to be honest. He he was uh, instrumental in shutting down Gray last week, and it was a job that we had assigned to him. Uh, he, but sometimes at the expense of not being the attacking rebounder that we're looking for. But yeah. having said that, we've got McKenna who can fill the void during the t- team so a time, so we can actually at times afford to do that. Ideally, we'd like both of them to get on the counter attack quite quickly. But Saad can play that deep small forward role really well. I remember the first game he played on, he played on Eddie Betts. Um, you know, I think it was in round one when we played Adelaide and did a really good job on him. So from that moment on, we knew we could play in that area. He's had a sensational year. He hasn't missed a game. He copped that heavy knock a couple of weeks ago and still played on um, the following week. Um, he, he's an exciting player. He helps our ball movement enormously. And I'd like to think he's only going to get better. We know a lot more about him now. He knows yeah. a lot more about us. And he's a dedicated kid. Yeah. You know, he's mm. he's really driven, and I'd say he's he's the player that really challenges me as a coach to think about the way I coach him. Do do you notice that this is a? I just thought of this a little bit left field. Do you notice that sometimes when he goes on his runs, that he actually drops his head quite a lot? Is that something that ever been discussed? I know it's a small technical thing, but sometimes when he uh, does two or three bounces, that his head's actually facing the ground. And I, I sometimes in the crowd, this is just as a fan talking, going, oh, quick, lift your head because there's someone there's someone open. Yeah, he's like a like you know, animal eating grass at times, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's, look, no, no, no we're, look, it's frustrating, particularly for forwards, that the fact that he, 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 we're trying to get him out of that situation where he looks down for too long, therefore he can miss out earlier options that he, he might want to. But he purely likes to put his head down and accelerate and try to get away or around yep. the opposite. So um, that's a work in progress. We we still do need to get a little bit more out of his run and gun style. And part of that head movement, is, you're right, is part of um, him looking up for options earlier 
and also just slowing down before he kicks. So, but he's an excitement machine. And yeah, as soon, for sure. he, as soon as he takes off, the Irishman's not far behind him looking for a handball receive. <laughs> no, Absolutely. True. And I, I was just thinking along those lines, our, our half-back line has got to be the best in the comp, I reckon. And <laughs> could you get two more polar opposite blokes in Adam Sard and Connor McKenna? But just uh, absolutely lightning quick. When the opposition blokes get, um, see him get the ball, they must just, especially... Um, uh, what's his name from North Melbourne? Um, Zebel oh. from North Melbourne must just have nightmares every time they touch the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to get caught in open space trying to chase down any, any one of those players if you're not quick enough. And uh, well, well, it's interesting because uh, an Irishman and a Lebanese kid, this complete different culture, um, the way they've grown up, and uh, but they've gelled enormously and uh, got a really good rapport. Um, just, just the. the... On the on another sort of interest in that same point, who is the quickest at the club over fifty? Well, Scott and I think um, Tupin Woody, maybe Sadi. Who's well, I think who... find, we haven't done it. We haven't done it, but we should do it. Uh, it'll be an objective of mine over pre-season. We'll take the runners <laughs> off. We'll do it on grass. Yeah. We'll, we'll let them go. I, I would say Sard might be quicker than McKenna. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Cool. Look, I just want to bring up. Uh, I think one of the the best parts of this year is, is actually our captain. Uh, one thing I found really refreshing, probably after the Carlton loss, if I'm being honest, is he had some real honesty about him, about where things were at and and even the players around him and, and, and Myers as well, to be honest. And they came out pretty emphatically and said, look, if you're not going to basically obey the structures or the game plan, and if you're not coming to present, then we'll find some kids who will. And uh, I, I found over the, the course of the year, it, this year I found like the evolution of Dyson Heppel as being a really great captain for the club. And, and there's a real strength about him now. Uh, look, I, I, I agree. I think he found himself as a leader. He had to fight through a difficult situation, uh, two and six, and he decided to take it upon himself to do something about it. And with that, he has uh, been instrumental in dragging along the players and what we value from a, a game plan point of view and what's accepted and what's not accepted. Um, but, but his own performance had to be at the level where he could really lead in that way. Otherwise, it wasn't going to happen. Um, so he, he's had a fantastic year, Dyson. And it's been under a little bit of duress. He's been limited sometimes with his training. Um, but uh, he, he is really growing into this captaincy leadership and um, I, I reckon if if I have a look at Trent Cotchin when he first started being the captain at Richmond I can see the the progress that Dyson is making towards being the the astute leader that we're looking for yeah agree and I tell you what from a from a fan's point of view you you, you can't ask for much more uh, from Dyson Heppel as a captain I mean he's he's absolutely somebody you can get right behind he's a likable bloke for a start off but he he's always at the pointy end of the um, of the effort with the possessions and all that that sort of footballer type stuff but from again from a fan's point of view he's always someone that you can be proud of that he's your captain um, mm. it's a bit like Brendan he's Brendan Goddard he's a he's a bloke that you know he's going to be 
pointy with people every now and then. Um, he might launch some pretzels across a room every now and then. Um, but I think it's the the culture at the club, and I mean it's it's tough for um, a uh, a supporter to really understand the culture inside the inside the changing rooms. But it with those two guys at the in the lead with Zachy Merritt sitting up there with Zarakis and and Hurls and Joey D and all that, it really seems like the um, the the core senior leadership team is right on the right track. So I, I don't know if you often get this from fans and stuff, but from two fans here, we want to thank you um, and John and the whole coaching team um, for really bringing us from a from a bad place into a club that everybody's starting to worry about. I reckon it's it's worthy of a, of a really big congratulations. You guys work bloody hard at this, and to get us to a position where we are, we really want to say thank you to halves and uh, to you halves and to everybody else. I just, also, you just mentioned God. I just want to recognise that guy for what he's done. At this big time, football, yeah. yeah. It has been mentioned. He captained that young team when we lost all those other players from the the saga, um, and that was an important time to solidify the fo- football club, knowing um, how hard it was going to be. And he really led from the front. And he is a genuine person who loves his footy. Uh, he's got a an unusual temperament, but it's a challenging temperament. And in many ways, we'll miss him um, and the way that he drives. Um, excellence play, really yeah play, yeah and uh, yeah excellence but uh, the way you prepare and the way you should play um, somebody so, back a truckload of money up to him and put a coach's whistle around his neck <laughs> you take yeah, what, sure what halves out of a job i'm not sure what he's going to do um there'll be media he's very well connected in the business world um uh, it may be coaching down the track um he because uh, he's so driven he'll make the most of it yeah, so he'll be good yeah. at whatever he does yeah, yeah. And look, I, I, I guess I can't, before we finish, I, I can't go out without saying, uh, asking a question about Aaron Francis. Uh, mm. and, and obviously you've coached him all year and, and it's probably been a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest. Uh, look, I, to, to be very transparent, I'm actually one of the, his player sponsors. <laughs> So right. a, a small group is a, a small group is a sponsor, Aaron, and so we see him socially and 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 talk to his family and and so we know a little bit of the journey. But uh, how how encouraged were you in those last, especially those last two weeks, to see what this kid can do? But just the the smile on his face, uh, even after the game and during the week, uh, have you seen that journey this year? Uh, remarkable um, to see where he's come from, you guys. You would have seen his personality, which was quite shy. Um, um, he he has now um, overcome some issues that he had to deal with. It's taken 12 months, and there's been many people that have helped him along the way. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he's helped himself. Um, we were we were very mindful of when to when to bring Aaron into the AFL system, um, dealing with the pressure and the expectation of. Um, his status um, and we played him in the last month and to be honest the whole complexion of, of the way that he operates now has, has changed yeah. um, but he did see significant change before that it would suggest that he's, he's ready to play AFL so while I tell you what um, I'm looking forward to working with him uh, over the pre-season and, and getting him to the level that um, everyone thinks that he might get to. It's going to be a lot of hard work and he has to accept that. Uh, he's still going to play this week in our VFL finals. Okay, he cool. He qualifies for that. 
Um, and he's playing with a lot of confidence. And let's hope he wins Mark of the Year and then might be. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? Dave? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Two years in a row. Well, absolutely. But um, more importantly, it's it's more about him. And uh, I tell you what, he, he's now adopted fully into uh, the club and the way that we go about our business. And, and that's a real pleasure. And as I said to you, it's taken a hell of a lot of work by a lot of people. Yep. Um, but it's been worthwhile. Well, one thing I've noticed with Aaron, just when I've spoken to him socially, is he, on one side, he has that kind of that introvert kind of nature. But, but on the other side, when you talk to him about him about what he thinks he can do on a football field, he actually has tremendous belief uh, in in what he can do at, at AFL level. Uh, that, yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right. There was. Uh, you know, earlier on, but you, 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 if you were having conversations about him as a footballer, and you thought, oh, "This kid's getting ahead of himself," but uh, you know, sure enough, um, he, you know, he, he was right. And sometimes you need to believe in yourself, um, as well as get the right people around you, sur- surrounding you, that are going to really make sure that you you make a big fist of the way you go about your overall football. So. Uh, this week he heads to the Rising Star Award um, on Friday, and uh, what a, what a great achievement it's coming from so far back. And uh, US Open fans out there, you're going to see a kid here that's going to really let go. Yeah, oh, that's what we want to hear, Hans. That's what we want to <laughs> hear. We've got a hell of a lot to look forward to. Uh, a, that yeah, and also we've spoken about the team and where it should, where it can get to, and uh, we just need to keep adding to our depth. But I tell you what, get your membership early because we're yep. going to get. Absolutely. And look, that's probably just to my final question. I, I, you probably can't say too much detail, but I, as far as on the training track and the off season, what kind of areas have you di- identified that takes the group to the next level? To a, I guess, to a Richmond kind of level, where you you notice when we play Richmond, their structures are so well set, and you go, we're probably a, 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 this is not being rude or anything we're probably about 10 15 percent off that kind of level yet is that kind of the next level for us in 2019 oh, i reckon we're about five percent away from it to be honest okay uh, okay we're, our, our game plan is starting to solidify and we are now really starting to be connected with everything we do so yeah um it's just Trust the coaches over pre-season the players. What we ask of the players, though, is that they go to another level with their fitness and strength to make sure they complement what we ask in the game plan. And that, yeah. that's been demanding and owning uh, field positions. So um, that's where we need to get to. Elite uh-huh. preparation, and uh, that'll take care of itself. And Benny Rutten's going to help with that? He is, once he's finished his time at Richmond. So yeah. uh, he's, a, he's a young coach. Um, he's got a... Dan Richardson's obviously had a lot to do with him and overseeing his first four years at Richmond and yep. believes he's the right person to bring the club. And Dan's got a very good uh, outlook on who he should bring to the club and, and this will be one of the first that he makes. Well, it's kind of over to, I guess, Dodoro now. Is he, I guess he's the one that's got a bit of a swagger around the club uh, with his uh, pick eight or nine. So uh, I guess it's... List management is a critical month ahead, I guess, for the club. And there's obviously some names being mentioned, and I won't go into them because you never know what's going to happen. But uh, it looks like it's a, it's, a, it's a critical sort of month for the club to see if Exciting. we can just sharpen, I guess, the, the list and, and then really go, go for it in 2019. 
He, he does a like to strut around the door. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's got the runs on the board, Mark. Well, Surely he's every, got the runs. No, no, don't tell him that. Every time oh. he walks past my office, I challenge him. And, uh, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> make sure that he tucked his shirt in when he walks past my office. <laughs> and uh, just dropped his head a little bit and shoulders. Uh, a little hey, bit keep him keep him sort of somewhere on in the stratosphere. I mean, you pick up Sard Smith and, and, uh, and um, Stringer. You, yeah, you, you're yeah, going, you're going all right. Well, mate, you've got, give, yeah, you've got to give him some credit, and then Francis is really starting to. You know, Absolutely. Well, exactly. When you look at Parrish and McGrath and Francis and Langford, Langford I mean, he's he's mate. now getting some quality uh, through the side. It, it might be two or three years on, but it, the key part is that they they're all growing and maturing and becoming yeah, right about very good footballers. Too. Yep, well, he's done a really good job, and even working through that difficult time. You know, three or four years ago as well, to yep. just try to compliment. And um, uh, as I said, it's not far away. All right, Hubs, we better let you go. We've uh, we've ta- we've taken you sort of well over time. We really appreciate um, you guys having a chat to us. Um, I'm absolutely positive the listeners are going to love this interview. So thank you very much again for your time. Okay, boys. Thanks, Hubs. Thanks, Hubs. It doesn't get any better than that for me. Uh, Hubs, what a fantastic interview. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, what do you think, Grant? Mate, I, I loved it. I love Harves. He's about as honest as it gets. You can just imagine, I st- halfway through that interview, I was just thinking, imagine Harves talking to Brendan Goddard. It would just be words of very few syllables without any... Straight to the point. Straight to the point. It would be a fun fun conversation to have. But again, just from, from two blokes that have been Essendon fans their entire life, um, that's we've just added Mark Harvey, who's one of my favourite players of all time. Um, to Simon Madden, to Xavier Campbell, to all these people we're getting on the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast is just making Scott and I cack ourselves laughing that they're talking to us in, in his front room. So a massive thank you again yeah. to Mark Harvey. Um, for and one, look, one thing I noticed is his confidence in next year. It's It it really does. Like when he says get a membership, I, I, I agree. I I cannot wait for next year. Oh, man. I couldn't wait for this year. Like I was, I was yeah. hanging for this year. But next year, I we... Uh, talk about finishing off the year on a high. Like next year, we should be yeah. really encouraged. You definitely felt a difference in that last fourteen games, and and we spoke oh. about it in the last podcast. I know, but you you there was a, a sudden shift in winning interstate. We won all the bottom teams. I know that sounds weird, but yep. Essendon fans know exactly what I'm talking about. But we we beat to, every yeah. top. We beat every bottom eight team in the last 14 games. Yep. We won five straight interstate. We beat Sydney Swans. Smashed him in the midfield in that game, which is unbelievable. And there was just key things that you go. We are really on a path now. And to hear that coming from yeah. you, Scotty, I mean the the thing that you've mentioned to me in the 106 years that we've known each other is that the the professionalism or the ability to just yeah. to go out and be professional against the bottom teams and beat them. Yeah. Be professional enough to start getting over hoodoos about losing interstate and that sort of stuff. The, yeah. the one question I wish I'd have asked Haas, but it's, it's probably a bit controversial is that what was the catalyst? Um, and then unfortunately, this oh, is why with, probably I didn't like say with, it with Neil. Yeah. Like it's, it's probably why I yeah, didn't say it's it. It's a hard one to bring up. But yeah. Look, I generally think they don't think it's as big as we think it is. Uh, I, 
I think they uh, they have a view that even I, I've heard Wusher talk about there was talks before the Carlton game there was major talks. Yeah, I, I don't um, disagree. But the the bit that I loved about the club is that Xavier's got this place humming off the field, right? He's got the the, the joint humming. Yeah. Um, two million dollar sponsorship, record membership. Like, what what more can you ask for? Almost eradicated debt. It's incredible. But the the difference. And again, Scotty and I have said it in, in the where we where we work, and, and a lot of you guys and girls out there where you work in professional environments, when you identify a massive problem, the the hardest part is to then put in place tactics and change procedures or whatever you need to do to turn that around. And as Harv mm. said, he's they've not only turned around the perceived um, depth issues in the midfield and and that sort of stuff. They've turned it around so far that we're beating teams in the midfield now. Yeah. So it's really really good to see that. Yes. Okay. The club knew they had a problem and they fixed it. That's the yeah. thing. Like they've they've really put in place whatever they've changed it to has fixed it. And look, just quietly, I could tell in his voice. He really does think Aaron Francis is going to be a serious. Did you pick player. up that? I picked up that too. Because I mean, that this is halves we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, you could you could take Mark of the Year. You see what he said to Guelphie? I told him he's a good looking rooster, and he's going, "Ah, oh, like, don't say that too much to him." Harvey's a back pocket or a, a back line player under under Kevin Sheedy, right? Not sort of prone to superlatives, but you could hear it in the tone of his voice, boys and girls, that Aaron Francis is. He's set. Yeah. He's set. He's calm. He's relaxed now, and he's a serious talent. And he can't wait to work with him in the off season. Oh. I got that. So, uh, I, like we said last week, uh, he's still got twenty or thirty percent. I won't pay. I'm scared of saying percentages now because I well, said my fifteen percent. I was going to say fifteen percent, and then did, did everybody pick that up? By the way, out there in listener land, did everybody pick up the fact that Scotty's just pulled a random percentage out <laughs> that we're behind Richmond on their uh, 10, on 15. Their, I look 10, 10, 10, 15. Okay, oh, so yeah. we'll make it 12 and a half. Um, and Harves has just given it well probably not 12 and a half Scotty or not 15 we're probably 5 so I just looked at Scotty when he said it and went dude you just told the guy that's responsible for being 15% behind Richmond that we're 15% behind Richmond but Harves being Harves just corrected you quite quickly yeah I'm look just to just to make sure people know the intent of that question is it was really because I know Richmond's list has been together for so long yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that they've developed uh, such a chemistry that their structures work so well. So that wasn't <laughs> I, I, I knock on coaching. <laughs> that was just like we're, 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 we're just beginning that path of getting Absolutely. Of getting, so, and uh, mate, if we're 5% if we're 5% behind, woo, then I'll take it. look out. Yeah, exactly right. Because Paddy Ambrose and uh, and Marty Gleeson and Joey D and, and Joey D Fantasia and, and Fantasia and Francis and all these guys Gleason, and girls, yeah, yeah. even just down the back with, with Ambrose and Gleeson and Francis Francis playing full-time moving forward. That's 5%. Yeah. And That's look, absolutely and, and 5%. And we watched the VFL. We saw Ridley play, and we know there's a play oh, there. Absolutely. So it, and and the Prime Minister in Zerk Thatcher. Yeah. So nice. So Exciting. Really exciting time. So there you go, everybody. A bonus episode with um, the Essendon legend that is Mark Harvey. We uh, we love doing stuff like this for, for you guys. Um, hopefully, um, you guys enjoy it too. And look, if, if you guys can help us out, uh, when you see the, the the Facebook posts or the, the Twitter, can you share and, and retweet? Because yeah. I know a lot of fans will really want to hear Harv's talk about this. And, and the more it can go out, the better. Uh, look, if you want to hear us and our podcast in the off-season, just click subscribe to our Facebook uh, page. Facebook page, Lunchtime Catch-Up. Uh, yeah, sorry, our SoundCloud page, I meant, and our iTunes page. So you can subscribe to our shows. The best thing is to go straight away, subscribe, and yep. you get the shows pretty much immediately once we upload. Uh, and you can go 
to our Twitter page at lunch catch up. Yeah, lunch catch up. We couldn't get lunchtime catch up, so it's just lunch at lunch catch up. Uh, and yeah, we've we've had an enormous amount of people in, in the last week. Yeah, th- thanks to all the new members on, on Twitter. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, we've got really good momentum. Uh, thanks to everyone for their support. Uh, that was such a good episode. And we'll come back with our awards episode, hopefully on the weekend coming up. Yeah, this one's going to be a fun one. We're going to do a whole heap of uh, the, the inaugural Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast <laughs> Awards for 2018. And I, I got this funny feeling there's going to be about 20 awards and about six that are really silly. But yeah, we'll but just have fun fine. with it. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, look, if you can get down to Sunday 2 p.m., the Essendon Collingwood game, that'd be yeah, awesome. Get down there. As you now, you now know Francis is playing, so uh, mate, the, he's worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, so look, have a great week, everyone. You'll hear us on the weekend, and go Bombers. See you guys. <laughs>